Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Nash and Pine Sports Chat. I'm your host, Wilson Times sports reporter Andrew Schnitker, all here alongside sports editor Paul Durham. And Paul, believe it or not, it seems like just yesterday we were out, you know, covering football practices and even those first games under the sweltering August sun. But it's Hunt Fike Week already. I know it goes by every year. Before you know it, the leaves are falling and. We're talking about football season coming to an end. But it's not coming to an end. We still have playoffs. That's right. Those teams that are going to play. But, yeah, Hunt Flight Week, it's always a big week. Yeah, well, and it's it's really, it's even, I mean, there's a lot on the line this year. First of all, Fike is looking to continue. We were just looking at this before we started. A pretty dominant recent run in this series. Hunt has not beaten Fike since 2015. Yeah, that kind of blew me away when you mentioned that a while ago. I guess you kind of forget about it, and it, it adds up. I mean, all-time Hunt is clearly ahead of Fike, um, and the Warriors didn't beat the uh, Golden Demons for at least the first five years or four years, I think. They didn't play the first year um, until current Warriors head coach Juan Jackson scored four touchdowns and on his birthday in 1983, and, and Hunt beat Fike for the very first time. And it's gone pretty much Hunt's way ever since then, except for, like you said, the last seven years, I guess, um, now, or six years, and now we're in the seventh year. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a turnaround. I wonder how many people are aware of that. I bet Tom Nelson and the fight crowd's aware of it. Yeah, I would think so. You know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, if nothing else, you have those local rivalry bragging rights to hang your hat on really what's been year after year in recent memory for Fike. But there's all – I mean, beyond that, beyond – the rivalry beyond fight going for another Wilson County championship, which they would obviously lock up by winning this week because they beat Beddingfield week one. But there's a lot to play for for both of these teams. Fikes coming in at four and five. They've turned it around a little bit after all those turnover filled losses with wins over East Wake and Southern Wayne the past couple weeks. But Fike probably needs to win this game on Friday to get into the playoffs and hunt sitting here with you you think they could get in even if they don't uh is i think they'd feel a lot better about themselves going to bed friday night if they win and and get that fifth win yeah i think i think if you get the fifth win you're not sweating it out when the brackets come out on sunday done any data research or collection or anything to figure out who's got a better chance at it but i'm just saying Four wins, you're kind of right there on the bubble. Usually five wins, uh, you know, usually feel a little bit better. Fight's got a lot to play for. Hunt obviously still can, I mean, they could host the first round game, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, they're sitting there at six wins right now. So if they beat Fike and get that get that seventh win, then they would have ended um, the regular season in Quad County Conference play on a five-game win streak. You would think at that point they'd have they'd have a pretty good shot at a home game. But it's going to be a little bit tougher sledding for Hunt this Friday because, unfortunately, they're you know kind of their leader on offense, their best running back, Jaden Terrell, uh, I think broke his collarbone on Friday night against West Johnston, so he's done. So, you know, it'll be next man up. Javon Williams has had a pretty good year running the football for Hunt. He's going to have to do a lot more this Friday if Hunt wants to snap that streak and potentially secure that home game. Well, I can tell you how it's going to work. Um for Hunt is if they run their offense the way they're supposed to, it's all going to be about if they can block for their running backs, whoever's carrying the ball. I'm not saying that Jay Drill's not the better running back. They're going to miss him. But if Hunt's doing his job on the offensive line, they should be able to move the ball pretty good. 
And so that won't matter. And that's that's sort of the, the MO for most high school football teams and not all football teams is to be able to run the ball well. So and in order to run the ball, you got to block. So that's really what it comes down to for that on offense. And speaking of a team that's going to want to be running the ball better than it has the last two weeks, this uh, actually going to be playing on – Betting Field's going to be playing on Thursday night this week. They're going to be playing Spring Creek at Hunt. They were going to be playing at Fike on Friday – there was something about a, a referee shortage that it had to be moved to Thursday. And, of course, the Hunt-Fike-JV game is at Fike on Thursday, so that means they've got to play at Hunt. Yeah, why not? They both can tour all the county football fields, all the gridirons in the county. Except for their own. Except for their own. They've been to Fike, to Barton, and now Hunt. And so why not? Um, playing the Spring Creek team that, you know, is probably not going to beat anybody right now. So Bettingfield needs to go ahead and wrap that one up, get that clock going second half and get on in and get ready for the playoffs. Because guess what, Bruins? You're going back to the playoffs for the first time after missing it for uh, two years in a row. Yeah, it'll be the first time since 20 20- seasons, I should say. Yeah, two years. One year they missed it all of 2021. And then they go to the Spring or the fall. Right. Yeah, they um they'd be the first time since 2019, I believe, in the playoffs for Betting Field, and you know it, it'd be a great account. The cool thing is, you know, again, they beat Spring Creek, they get that fifth win, they're in, they're definitely, and like you said, four, maybe five, you're in, I think, and it would be, I think, kind of a cool full kind of full circle moment if they clinched the playoff spot this year by beating Spring Creek because last year. They ended the regular season with a win over Spring Creek. That was their only win on the field last year. They had that forfeit win over Hunt. And, you know, talking with Ben Ellis after that game in the summer, going into the fall, that win last year was really kind of a springboard for them, a confidence builder, you know, okay, we, you know, we can do some stuff here in terms of the work that they had kind of sprung them into the work they did over the spring and summer to build toward really what's been a great turnaround this year. Yeah, I think so. But I'd say if you told me after the, their second game, after they lost a hunt for the second straight week to a county rival by, you know, what, three touchdowns or more, I would have never believed they would have got to be a playoff team. I would have just thought, oh, you know, they still have so much to overcome. But, man, they turned it around really quickly. I think that Croatan game was the one that really served as a as a beacon for – for those who were doubting Betty Phil like me, to hey, maybe they're not bad at all. And look at them now. They're, they're getting ready to go to the playoffs regardless of I, – I would think they would probably be in the 2A playoffs regardless of what happens Friday. But. Well, what happens Thursday. Thursday, I'm sorry. But, but plus, I mean, like, let's be real here. We're, they're, it would – it would take some very weird stuff happening, I think, for Benningfield to lose to Spring Creek on Thursday. Yeah, true. I would the, think so. Um, that well, you, I mean, you put Spring Creek Goldsboro on the football forecast last week, thinking it might be an interesting game because of yeah. the way Goldsboro started the season, and then Goldsboro beat them 36 to nothing. So. Yeah, that's the, that Goldsboro team is not the same as they were early in the year, obviously. When they were no, yeah. So, Benningfield's looking good. Hunt fight. Could have all three county teams in the playoffs. Wait. All four? Four county teams. Because Wilson Prep should easily be in the 1A playoffs. What's what, six wins now? Yeah, and if they, I mean, if they can seven. get seven wins. Seven. So if they can get to eight this week at Southeast Halifax, they're also playing on Thursday night at Southeast right. Halifax. They're going to. They, they should get to eight wins. Let's not be. Let's yeah. not be around the bush. They They'll get to, lose to Southeast. That's Halifax. correct. 
they're going to finish third in that conference because of the losses to Northampton County and North Edgecombe. North Edgecombe lost kill. They would be. They would probably win the conference if they didn't lose that game. Well, no, because you'd still have the head-to-head with That's Northampton. Yeah, but Northampton would also only have one loss because they had the forfeit loss to Rock. That's right. Sorry. So they both, they both, they both, they both, they both have they one have loss. One total loss. I was thinking. No, yeah. yeah. So they would have made the playoffs as the number two seed and a guaranteed home game, which they probably will get a home game. If, yeah, they should. Yeah, eight wins. They should. They should start at home. And that man, can you imagine that? You know, we've seen the scene. You, you know, you saw the scene of that first home game all the excitement that's been around this Wilson Prep football program, which really, I mean, we just can't say enough. I mean, eight wins, probably a home playoff game in your first year as a program. Just imagine what that atmosphere is going to be like at Wilson Prep for that first playoff game. Yes, indeed. Yeah, the Tigers are going to do as well as they can, but I still think at some point they're not the first round, probably the second round. They're going to run into What I said, nothing will say welcome to the – Eastern North Carolina 1A football scene like a playoff game in Tarboro. No doubt. And that, that, that'll be enough to make them feel like they belong. Yeah. Win or lose. There you go. The um the other team that, you know, has had a rough past couple weeks is Southern Nash. I think injuries have really caught up to them. Last week, it, it was a frustrating week, you know, and I spoke with head coach Brian Batchelor after the game, that 27-7 to loss at Northern Nash, which Northern Nash is a really good team. I mean, Northern Nash may be a state championship contender. I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing on that last Saturday. But, but the thing is, you know, Southern Nash had some opportunities. It, it was a 7-7 game at halftime. And then in the second half, the Firebirds went for it on fourth down in Northern Nash territory four times and didn't convert any of them. So, all four. Yeah. So it's – um it, it was – Suffice it to say, it was a closer game than the 27-7 to score showed. But Southern Nash also still has a lot to play for. I mean, because they have that, you know, they're sitting here, they're 2-3 and three in Big East play, they're fifth in the conference. But they had that 4-0 and start to non-conference play. They're sitting here at 6-3, and three, and I was, you know, talking with Coach Batchelor, and he had been looking at some of the RPI and stuff. If they beat Franklinton this Friday, they've still got a shot at a home playoff game to start. Yeah, very, very much so. They could because again, they're going to be like Hunt. They're going to be like Wilson Prep. They're not going to get that automatic bid, but they are going to be pretty high up in their conference. The only problem is they also have to deal with a Rocky Mount team that's going to have probably just as many wins overall and beat them and beat them. And so, and you know, you're also dealing with one big 3A bracket, not 3AA and 3A. And, you know, at this point, Southern Nash is like, man, you just have to sort of go out there and just play the best you can every Friday night and try to try to keep it going and get your memories that way. And being a spoiler and doing what you can do, um, you know, this team is probably not a state championship type contender as we've seen in the past from Southern Nash. I just don't think they're going to overcome those injuries to put together a playoff run. Although, I mean, you know, 2009, they put all together a run that all the way to the East Regional Finals, lost a triple overtime to South Johnston by one point. And nobody saw that coming. I mean, I would have said the same thing about that team. I would have given that team in 2009 less chance to do anything in the postseason than this team. So, again, you never know. But I'd say based on the injuries and what they're trying to deal with, um, that's usually a pretty good sign that they're probably not going to go all the way. But, hey, I mean, Southern Nash can wreck some teams postseason real quick. Nobody wants to play them in the first round, especially I mean, with a lower seed like they're going 
to get. Well, I mean, and you've still, I mean, you you know, you mentioned the injuries, but you've still got some people, like, you've still got Traylon Mitchell, who's, one, who's you know, one of the best running backs in this region, committed to Virginia Tech. You've you know, got, he has not been 100% on uh, yeah. his brother, but they've, I'm just talking about the people they've lost. They've probably lost seven or eight starters. Yeah, and that's really tough to overcome at the yeah, high school level. Yeah, even with the depth that they've got, it's still tough. Some years you can do it, some years you can't, because sometimes – the starters that you lose are a lot better than other years. You know, you never right. know. But anytime somebody's a starter, you hate to lose them. You hate to lose any kid, but, you know, a starter's tough to replace. Yeah. So, Southern Nash, I think they have a shot to do some things in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, so far, the dis- a little bit of a disappointing regular season. Um, not how they played, but just the way it turned out with the injuries and everything. You really hope for – for those things to not affect your season, and I'm afraid, I'm afraid it really has Southern Nash this year. So, Yeah. And speaking of teams that have dealt with injuries that have affected their season and had a disappointing regular season, um, the woes continue for Barton, unfortunately. The Bulldogs went on the road to Wingate on Saturday, lost 28-3. to They forced five turnovers on defense. It probably would have been a little bit worse if not for that. Now, now, granted, Wingate is the number one scoring defense in or division. Number, number one overall defense in division two. Yeah, going in last week, they were. Yeah, they're, that, they're tough. And that, and you know, when I spoke with Coach Hester on Monday, he said that showed. But I mean, Barton had 92 yards of total offense on in yeah. that game. It was a major struggle for them. They're really missing um, Jaquan Lynch, who was injured in that loss to Nor- Lenore Ryan, which. You know, that game at Wingate was backup quarterback Tyler Flippin's first start. That's tough, having to make your first start at, on the road start. against Wingate. He started all the spring games, well, the first two spring games of 2021. Okay. In fact, he, he caught on the very first play from scrimmage against Erskine, their very first game. It was a pass from Cameron Johnson to him. That's he right. caught the touchdown. So, yeah, he was the starter because – I think when he came in, Tyler was a little bit more experienced. He was a little bit more complete in what he could do and run the offense. But it was pretty clear from the beginning that Jaquan Lynch was the athletic uh, sort of star quarterback that they needed to run that offense. You cannot have a, a quarterback. And an offense where the, the main uh, ball carrier, like 80% of the time, is going to be Jordan Terrell, you've got to do some things to sort of, you know, free him up and having a mobile quarterback is is key and Jaquan Lynch was number two rusher behind Jordan Terrell and um you know Tyler Flippin's a good player he's a good uh facilitator but he's not going to outrun Jaquan Lynch with football he's just not I mean he's just not that kind of quarterback and so right now Barton had struggled with their passing game I think they're struggling um a little bit on offensive line they're struggling here there and everywhere on offense um even with Lynch in there and to have flipping come in and really kind of take away a lot of what they were hoping to do with him with the ball in his hands, you know, it's just tough. And right now they're, if something can go wrong for Barton, it is. And that's yeah. just where they are. Although, as I told coach Hester this morning, when we talked, you got Catawba. Catawba is the team he used to coach for many years. They're really struggling. They're 0 and 6, I 0-6 think. 0 6 in conference, 1 and 7 yeah. overall. And like I said, you know, you can look at it and say it's a winnable game, but every game should be a winnable game. Barton beat Winget last year when they were unbeaten at number 8 in the country. That was not a winnable game on paper going in. Every game's a winnable game. Every game is a losable game, if that's the right word. But right now, Barton's figuring out ways to lose. Playing against a team with on the similar trajectory that's having problems might be a little bit easier for them. 
not any more winnable because I guarantee you, as Coach Hester said, they're probably talking about Barton as, hey, that's a winnable game. You yeah. know? And, of course, the record suggests that it is. So what Barton really needs to do is just sort of settle down and do what Coach Hester always tries to get them to do, focus on your next play, just keep playing, just stay on top of what it is you're doing at that moment, if it's a practice, if it's in the games. And, you know, they'll work their way out of it. Barton's not a bad team. They're just having a bad year. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the case. And, you, I mean, you look at losing a guy like Lynch, you know, you, that's an entirely different skill set. You've got to remake your offense around it, too. You know, Barton wants to run the ball. But when you're struggling as much as they are in the passing game, well, what can the what can the defense do? Just bring those safeties down into the box and take away the run if they don't have to respect the pass. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. not only the pass game, but you better be able to throw it deep as well as short. Otherwise, you're going to have to. And if you can do it all, then you can open up your offense. So we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see how Barton approaches. What else we got on the docket today, Andrew? We got a lot of stuff going. We do. On. We'll. We'll start. Uh, we'll start with tennis because it was a very good weekend for you know our local schools at the NCHSAA 3A East Regional and Rocky Mount last week. Uh, Fikes Adkins Twins Caroline and Catherine re- three-peated as 3A Regional champs. They won it. Hunt's Reagan Owens she made it to the semifinals. So in her first year playing at Hunt, she's going to states and also going to states. Another doubles team from Vike. Uh, Caden Biambi and Holland Ellis, which kind of a cool note, that's actually who the Adkins sisters beat in the regional final. So for the first time since 2002, it was an all-fike regional doubles final. And it was an all-fike Quad County Conference Championship. Yeah. That was just a repeat of what happened in the Quad County final. Well, so. it's, it's interesting. Lee Matthews, the coach at Fike, he put Biambi and Ellis together late in the season. They're eight and two since he put them together. So they're, the two losses are in the conference and in the regional to Caroline and Catherine. So I, I guess if you're them, you got to feel pretty good if the only people who have been able to beat you are your state championship contending teammates. Right. And don't forget, we also have uh, Acox McKenzie Millard. That's right. Yeah. The singles runner up in the regional Clark County singles camp. Um, to beat Reagan Owens in that final, and she finished second. So all those young ladies are going to be in Burlington on Friday, and hopefully Saturday if they can win their first two matches. The Atkins twins are two-time semifinalists. Hoping the third time's the charm. Hoping the third time's the charm. And frankly, we talked about this all year. For for our girls' tennis season, it's going to come down to, you know, who goes the farthest in the individual. All that fight's got a dual-team match again today, so they're still playing in that. Um, and for the Atkins girls, it's about winning the state championship. You know, they're not going to be satisfied just getting to the finals on Saturday. I think they've got this year and next year, and I think they're super motivated to win a state title. So we'll see what they can do. Yeah, Lee told me they're on a mission, and that that mission, the end of that mission isn't really even in sight until they're at states. So, right. yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see what they can do. Also got a lot going on in the soccer ranks. We've got the NCHSAA regular season wrapping up this week. Um, Southern Nash, they've had a great season. They should be in line for a high playoff seed. If I think they've got one more game Wednesday at Franklinton that if they win, they'd be undefeated in Big East Conference play this year because they beat Northern Nash yeah. yesterday. Southern Nash has dominated that conference for the two years that's existed, so I think they'll continue on. What's going on with the Quad County, though? Yeah, that's well, a lot of stuff going on there. Well, CBA Cock has won it. I mean, they've had a really, really good season. Um, you know, I think the job that head coach Dominic Albano's done there has been really impressive. Fike, 
not quite as strong as they were last year, but they're finishing the season pretty well. They've had a good year. They, you know, they'll be a playoff team. They should be able to start at home. They'll finish second in that conference. So yeah, definitely going to be well represented when the NCHSA soccer playoffs start. Is it next week? Because the regular season ends Wednesday. It's start next week. Yeah. yeah. And volleyball's already started. Yeah. And Hunt, you know, you we won't know the result of Hunt's home playoff game in the second round today against South Johnston before this podcast dropped. They had no issues whatsoever with Southern Nash on Saturday, swept them in three sets. I don't think Southern Nash was expecting to even get a playoff bid, to be honest with you. No. They lost in their tournament, and uh, it just seemed like it was kind of over. Okay, great year, and then, then they got in the first round. They might not have uh, wanted to end it that, the way they did, but, you know, it's always nice to play in the postseason. Well, you can get to play, you know, relatively close to home. You know, your supporters could – yeah. Tom Ham was at Hunt's Saturday, so I can't speak to if there were any Southern Nash supporters there, but I'm sure there were. Yeah, and they probably were not excited to play Hunt again because they've been playing Hunt for 12 straight years in the, the old 3A Big East. Yeah. Well, the, the mantra for Hunt, you know, this year is they're trying, you know, they fell in that third round last year. They're trying to get past it. If they beat South Johnston today, they'd be playing another third round home game Thursday. So, that's kind of the name of the game for Hunt right now is trying to get further than they did last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, Wilson schools have never uh, done as well volleyball as other places, I guess. Public and, school, anyway. Public schools. And the, um, yeah, that's true. Wilson Christian, obviously, is a powerhouse of North Carolina Christian School Association. And it's, you know, you measure it by how deep teams can go in the postseason. Of course, that, you know, a lot of that, who you play and the draw and all that can change from year to year. But, you know, Hunt could get to the third or fourth round and third round for second straight year. They, they And two years ago in the spring season, uh, well, I guess in the fall, that weird COVID year, they um, they won a first-round match, which at that point was a huge accomplishment because the, the playoffs were so small, uh, not as many teams went. So they've been on a pretty good upward trajectory for the last three years, not coincidentally because Alexandra Williams, a senior on that team, has sort of, She's been that sort of star in the, in the hunt volleyball scene, and they've sort of ridden uh, Alex as well as a lot of other quality players on that team. But she's been there for all four um, years in the last two years, and now this year, third year of a playoff run. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think if Hunt can – man, if Hunt can get to the fourth round, that would be a big accomplishment for Coach Tiffany Rudd and the Lady Warriors. Yeah, I think so, for sure. And, Circling back to soccer for just a second, too, we've got another team looking to make a deep run, and that's Greenfield in the NCISAA playoffs. They opened their postseason run Saturday at home against Harold's Christian Academy. Really didn't have much of a problem, one for nothing. Really impressive offensive attack. Joe Willem Twos, who's kind of been the um, you know, the straw that stirs the drink for that Greenfield offense all year, scored a hat trick. He was really impressive. They're going to Trinity Academy of Raleigh today. Again, we won't know that result before this drops, but that's a team that beat them earlier this year. But this is a Greenfield team that I I think is, you know, there's no guarantee because they're in the 2A playoffs for the first time and they've got some tough teams to play against, but feels like they're kind of peaking at the right time a little bit here. Yeah, well, that's what, you know, Greenfield played itself out of a couple of, uh, which would have been probably, equivalent to practices early round playoff games in the NCISA playoffs because of their record. So they got a the double bye and so they got to miss it. So this is kind of 
it went from, you know, a fairly innocuous playoff opening game to all of a sudden, boom. All right, you got to beat Trinity. Trinity beat you during the regular season. It's not going to be an easy run, but I think the Knights are capable of winning that uh, state championship for Coach Justin Wilkinson in his third year, I think, um, as a head coach. Like I said, every coach, every every soccer coach Greenfield has had since uh, Rick Helms has won a state championship. So maybe it's his turn this year. Yeah, he's got a pretty good team. I think he's got a good shot at it. Another team that I think is really looking at uh, trying to make another state championship run, Wilson Christian Volleyball. They won the NCCSA 2A title last year. They're starting their their run this Thursday against uh, their first games against Faith Christian of Ramsher. They're, it's all, all played at Wilmington Christian. If they win Thursday, they play Friday in the semifinals. They win Friday. They play for a state championship on Saturday. It's pretty. Isn't a foregone conclusion that they're probably going to have to play Wilmington Christian? I think so. Yeah, that's who they played last year, and that's that's who they played earlier this year. And I think, truthfully, that is the only team in that state association that can give them a game. Um, so we'll see how it works out. But I mean, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, and there there are no ways to bet on high school girls volleyball. I'm sure there are, but we just haven't um, found that. Definitely on Wilson Christian because Coach Ryan Vanderbilt and his girls are on top of him. That's been a solid group of girls. So the seniors have been there for four years. Um, I mean, you know, this is a really good team and a really good program. I'd say this team is, you know, probably up there with some of the best teams they've ever had at Wilson Christian. Um, they, they just have a lot of weapons. I just can't see them losing. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's going to be a good chance that they're going to be celebrating another state championship this weekend. But we will have, and we've got an, as we've just laid out, we've got an action-packed rest of the week here in the local sports scene. Stay tuned to the Wilson Times. You know, if you're not, Definitely recommend subscribing. You can read all our stories. We'll be bringing coverage of a lot of this stuff. We'll have uh, the legendary Tom Ham will be on the ground plenty this week. So, again, we've, we've got a lot coming. We'll have plenty of coverage on our website, you know, in the next couple print editions. And next week, we will be back here with you guys to talk about all of it. I want to thank everyone for listening. Again, remind you guys that you can listen to this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. We will talk to you again next week. And until then, thank you for listening. Goodbye.